This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the inaugural Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn. And beauty is here too, Jim. Sheila Hyland, former anchor woman, professional Ooh. anchor, yes, report television well, star. Well, where's the beauty? Well, you're with the beast. <laughs> oh, so. oh, okay. So the whole genesis of this really starts, Sheila, with Jim. Because Jim, mm-hmm. for many years, Jim Cren, no restrictions. How many years have Since you been doing that? Since 2012, uh, about 250 episodes of Jim Cren, no restrictions. So I love the podcasting. I've been trying to get Larry to do a podcast for. The whole the entire time since 2012, I yelled at Larry, "You've got to do a podcast." So finally, finally, you're doing a podcast, and I get and Sheila and I get to be part of it, which is fun. But that's that's was the dream, get you to do one, because this is the coolest thing. Having your own having a podcast is great. Well, you it's know, like a little party. Jim is a, a legend of rock radio, stand up, and he's done so many other things, including corporate work. But the bottom line is, as you know, Sheila. Mm-hmm on the air you're kind of walking through guardrails right guardrails news, yeah i mean jumping over fences too yeah mm-hmm. occasionally walking, you yes. were doing that but i'm talking about <laughs> you have to focus on in this case the news or the world we live in or i was the weather guy for 10 years on kdk tv that was a whole different thing so but, but you yeah. do have parameters and limits and the idea was and you have time constraints right was to be able to do a lot more get into a lot more subject matter that you might not typically talk about. Well, well, well for instance, like... Am I free to give my opinions, too? Yes. Ooh, well, okay. that's the thing, opinions, uh, Sheila. Opinions are encouraged. Yeah, well, like with, with Larry, that's why I wanted him to do a podcast, because it's very more conversational. And I love during doing Larry's show, and I get to be on uh, with, with him and Kevin. And their, their breaks are like two minutes. You know, when I was on DVE, breaks were like eight, ten minutes. So, so you get more time to do things. <laughs> And but you're two or three minutes, so you, it's quick. It's you got to be efficient. You got to be right in there. Efficient. But Larry is, I I've worked with every comedian in the world from Leno uh, to Jerry Seinfeld to the late great Sam Kennison, who was my favorite. Uh, Richard Jenny, I don't know all these great one incredible talent. Larry may be the funniest, one of the one of the top. Wow. He's in the tier of funniest people. He, like when I was sit there, and we'll be at a bar or hanging out in a restaurant. And I'm literally in tears with his stories. And that's why I thought it's time people have to see that side of him. You can't do it. In, in, your show's a news show. It's an uh, entertainment, tri- entertainment 
news right. kind of show. Well, it's different. This let me, let me infotainment. Here's yeah. how infotainment. I met Jim Crenn. You know, I saw him in the cover of Pittsburgh Magazine. Yeah. and I was Good looking thinking, guy, you thought, didn't you? Cool dude. <laughs> I said, He's look still at him. cool, Larry. I can remember I told my wife, look at him. He's got it all right there. You know, he had that look like, I got it all. I'm on the cover of a magazine. And this was right before I left the weather and went to morning radio. Now, John Cigna, who was the host for 18 years, announced his retirement. And they had called me and said, would you be interested? And then by the time we rolled it out, it was five days before September 11th that I was named as the new host. So I was worried. How do you follow a guy, big personality like a John Cigna? Yeah. And then, of course, the world changed. So I just celebrated my 20th last Friday, September 17th, was the date I hosted my first solo show. And it was all news and all business. Mm -hmm. And really, we just left Afghanistan unceremoniously, mm -hmm. right? much to a lot of people's chagrin and sadness of the way it was handled. So we've been just dealing with that world ever since mm -hmm. yeah so jim's saying wouldn't it be nice unrestricted in his case unfiltered in mind right i don't know what it'll be for you to be able to somewhat filtered go, go wherever you want to go with subjects and we're going to have an opportunity to tap into some great people we know as guests too down the road that's a nice thing the, the thing about a podcast it's like having your own little radio station in a way which is cool but we get to, we're the idiots who get to, to run things a bit uh and we brought on dick roberts as a producer the producer's like the key as we know been in the business long enough to produce your producer's a key player to make a show run and work and we got you know the, i think an amazing guy dick roberts as far as you know the, because he's most creative he's really creative also we have a business together and i'm supposed to be the creative guy but dick has probably all the good ideas for our whole he's, he's also the only one that will return the text jim I, I'm to, I, well, I kept I'm trying yeah, i kept trying to get you to respond side. to my texts, but thank goodness dick stepped <laughs> stepped in and I'm, helped me out here i was sorry, like i don't know what we're doing with this podcast oh yes dick knows me larry knows me and as my flaw i'm terrible at getting back <laughs> and uh i my nightmare my nightmare nightmare is to one day get a text from like say larry or somebody going like jimmy need ride to hospital immediately you know and i get like three days later i'm like oh geez that's my name right but hopefully and that poor larry happen. would well, be I dead think by larry, then you know me well enough that you know i'm the last person you call because that uh, you know he's, he's like in the, i don't know where he's at he's well, passed we, out somewhere but since i met jim right as i got that radio job mm -hmm. So we were down at the old Hilton now to Wyndham at a charity event, and he walks up and he said, hey, Larry, Jim Crown, I'm like, yeah, I know who he is, cover boy, you know. And he <laughs> said, listen, if there's anything you ever need, you know, like I got it down about staying up late, getting up early, tips and tools for the trade. And I thought that was very gracious. I really did. So that's Thanks, where our friendship started. Yeah, because I always put myself in your shoes that day because I thought, geez, you know. It's, it's such a foreign thing to do this thing and, you know, just to make you feel more comfortable that you have somebody that's <laughs> in your corner because you don't feel like anyone's in your corner that you're stepping and right. saying that's a, you know, legend. And it's an you ungodly time of the day to get up, 3 a.m. It's, it's ruthless. Come hell or high water. Yeah. Yeah, have I did that shift. Oh, yeah, radio? I did. No, no, well, not did radio. I did television. Yeah, my tougher, my first job, actually, was in Kearney, Nebraska, 
huh. television station in the middle of a cornfield. Good God. Yeah, you can look out every, wow. any window and see a cornfield. Kearney, Nebraska. Kearney, Nebraska. They have so a TV I, station. Believe it or not, can you? What, yeah. what time did you start? Uh, well, I got there at about 2.30 in the morning, started at 6 a.m., but I was the, the writer, the oh. producer, the anchor, the teleprompter operator. I mean, you name oh it. I, I did it all. And the show is called Agmart AM, so I had to read the farm markets. Really? Which I've become an expert in. That's amazing. Well, I was an expert in No, you've got to bring, you do that on the show someday. Well, oh, yeah, someday. Let me practice heard, it again I've first. I've never heard though. a farm market thing. Well, I it's like heifers, 350 to 375. Thank you. You know, that's sharing basically that. I know, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I know what you mean, because you get a, I used to get up 230. Uh, we started at 6, but I got up at 230 for my hair and makeup. <laughs> yeah, no. So I can look right at 6 o'clock. <laughs> no, Don't that wasn't happening. I worked on my hair for four hours today. <laughs> It, Just for this. And it shows. Thank you. Who worked? Who worked on it, Jim? <laughs> Working on my hair and makeup all day. <laughs> Philip Pelosi. <laughs> Getting ready. You know Philip. So anyway, uh, radio really, and that early radio, there's a bond and morning television because yes. I did that oh, yeah. too. Uh, you know the pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. it's it's another world. So you, you don't get a chance sometimes to on weekdays to stay up late like adults. So this. This podcast is a chance for us to share a lot more stories that we can mm -hmm. never talk about on the air and also uh, interview some amazing people along the way. Absolutely. So I love it, doing podcasting. Yeah, well, you're Favorite the one thing. that showed me, and I listened to your stuff, and you, you kind of created this thing where with Jim Crenn, No Restrictions, he interviewed uh, the cigar guy. Rocky Patel, Rocky I, right? Patel. Yeah, I got yeah. to interview a lot, so many people. Uh, He's the one that you know, helped Michael convince Smokey Robinson. You had a Smokey great Rocky interview with him. That was so fun with Smokey, which I'll tell you about that. I was just in L.A. hanging with him. It was so fun. Of course you were. He did. And you well, didn't wait, invite no, us. We want to Thank talk you very about, much. We want to know about your trip to Hollywood oh, because yeah. it's really a fascinating opportunity that you had i was supposed to be on the trip i know but it, it kept bummer. getting bumped back from summer from july to august and when you get into september you couldn't get uh, off of all of your 20 jobs <laughs> you only got off, of eight, you got off of 18 of them yeah no, how did you have time jobs, to be here anyway you get them all well we squeezed it in but we're excited because the podcast is going to be on the odyssey platform so this will be available to anybody they can download the free odyssey app on their phone and then they can have access to a lot of great podcasts. We hope they'll pick this one as over the course of yeah. time we're able to do more and more. So I appreciate both of you being here. It wouldn't have happened without Jim. And he's yeah, right buddies. about our producer, Dick Roberts, is a top shelf professional. And we have and people Jimmy, that you've worked with. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy's great yeah jimmy producers areas production engineers all right jimmy staring into the abyss and, listening and apparently kind of jim answered your text too well <laughs> yeah he's good well, that, he, that jim really is good <laughs> and then we're, more how do you get by in life by the way i don't really i just barely do <laughs> we're re we're recording this at 23 and vine which mm -hmm. is on east carson street it's a little deceiving it's a great wine bar because you think 23rd and Vine, so you might Google, so you got 23rd, but there's no cross-section of Vine. It's a wine bar. Yes, and so I'm the only one drinking wine. Why is that? Hembrid. That's because I got to get up at 3, and he's still on L.A. Oh, yes. so uh, if I I'll slur my words, at least easy. you'll understand. That's okay. It'll ease my way into wine. This so, is Smokey Robinson wine, by the way. We want to really thank uh, uh -huh. Bob Bazzelli, Lou Caputo, and, and Ray 
Yeah, Ray Sickler. Yeah, Ray's, Ray's Ray, been all the boys. Are, are great those guys, three guys have buddies, been two old friends. Very gracious, and this is a mm. tremendous place right near the Birmingham Bridge. Again, East Carson, Twenty Third and Vine. So, let's turn our attention to Mr. Kren's trip, Sheila. Oh, I want to hear all about it. This and why we weren't invited with a guy named Vince. Yes, Vinny. Who had Vinny. A thing. <laughs> Vinny. Vince had a thing. He's a great. You got a thing. We we miss Larry there. Larry's one of the partners in this uh, thing we're doing for a production of a, a movie that Vince wrote, and uh, we were pitching to get a production company to work with us. And we did the same thing for a, a reality show that I I came up with. You know, we can't give too many details yet, public, but. What but kind of reality show? Wait a minute. Can't get too we... many details. Yeah, yet. inquiring minds want yeah, to know. Yeah, you're not allowed to get too many details. It's like a reality show where we're all. Uh, Haven't they all been done? Wait, you've got to come up with something brand new for this. Uh, this is going to be exciting. It is. It is. It, I give a little sort of what broader, but it's like a like when Anthony Bourdain did. We ran around different yeah. part of the country with chefs. It's me running around to, with radio people. Like cool. Oh, and those radio types. Well, I well, no one knows a city like a radio person. Now. Yeah, that's true. You have to know, and they have stories. I mean, the underground of it. You know, the, the, it like, and that's why I used to love Bourdain. He's like my favorite. That's, you know, God rest his soul. Yeah. But uh, he was amazingly talented at, at uncovering things and just getting to the grit and emotion. Like he just did a different interview than people did, and uh, that's what this is going to be with a radio personality meet in different cities. So that's kind of the broader struggle we're trying to. With the show, so we did a we did a sizzle reel about it. A pilot, they're not sizzle reels. Pilots, they're only like two minute things to pitch. And you go in a room and you pitch it, and and, and you see what they say, and and then, and then you move. Then you go back and do it again. It, you want to go back. They will either say pass or they'll interested. We're interested in certain ways. Well, you know, maybe we'll just, and then that means good. That means you're going to get another look, and then so a second look. You get a big. third look, and then you then you they make the decision. So it's like a, a little bit of a process, like the movie. Uh, you know, we went in, and they, these people are really wonderful. I'm not going to talk, talk about it too much. They, they want to keep it. But uh, they said, well, we want this to be like uh, maybe like a miniseries, like the Queen Gambit. So Queen's Gambit. So it may, the movie may be moved into that. So we'll see what happens. But the, but the fun thing was that it was a lot of fun pitching and all that, all that stuff. So but, you were in front of legitimate. These well, are these Hollywood are people, people that make all these shows. Decision makers. There's companies, these products can make all the shows for Netflix and Hulu and all. This. So that's, that's what these. So we were with, yeah, some real, you know, name people. But the fun part, the fun stuff was the characters that I met, the crazies that, uh, you know, that you guys would love. The fit will fit right in with us in Pittsburgh right at the end of the bar. I always have to have that one. When I say crazy, I mean as fondly. But, uh, but L.A., it's just so unique. Uh, you don't know who these are. They real? Like Bob and I said, how real? Like for instance, why do they all have plastic surgery? Well, you don't know if they were. If they're, if they're, well, it's almost surreal. You go to like a, this club Bob took me to because you got this guy. I don't want to change his name slightly. He's a, he's a Eastern Indian guy called a Bafti. It's a Bafti's lounge. So you go in this place in Malibu, and it's a it's a, it's a rooftop lounge, and it's like a Zen, you know, and there's no liquor license. He just gives you drinks, whatever you want. It, women walking around, Lululemon, just the whole thing, and there's Bafti with the tight <laughs> black shirt. I'm, Lululemon I'm, I'm just thinking They're about the leggings. Lululemon. Yeah, leggings and, 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 and high heels. Bafti's high, no, but these sandals. There. Oh, but okay. Bafti's there with the skinny jeans and the real tight And he's like, yes, Jimmy, I was, uh, I was a monk in China for three years. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then I left that. 
and then I come and I said, you know, start a lounge. And I said, that's because that's what everybody does after well, a month in Malibu, three years. But it's about the dar. He said, listen, Jimmy, it's not. It's not about material. Material is not important. You have to remember this, Jimmy. It's not important. I said, yeah, cool, man. What's it cost to join this thing? It's twenty five hundred a month. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and you joined right away. I, I, twenty five. <laughs> If That's you, why you get that free liquor. That includes everything. <laughs> <laughs> the workout, yeah, workout, his workout equipment. There. It's a weird, well, who was it's there? Like a I Zen mean, can meditate. Uh, he has like Jamie Fox would be there and all these people because they all live in Malibu, you know. And uh, I don't know. I just it, it was different. And we, you know, he wants to open it everywhere, which I'd love to. A pitch bar, maybe. I said, yeah, that'd be great. You could, you, it's, he goes, it has to be outdoor. It has to be outdoor only. I was like, that's wonderful. You don't, we'd be open for five days a year. <laughs> and if you don't, and you could do this whole Zen stuff, but if you don't have a poker machine in the corner, Randy. Do they serve we food? We're not going to go. <laughs> do they serve food? Yeah, like, no menu, but like, like Bob was like, can I have some cheese? Those and cheese tray appears and the drink, and I don't even know what he was drinking. It's like you don't even. It's because it's a free. It's just. It's, it's, it's well, it's not really man. free. It's twenty five hundred dollars well, a month. Technically, it is. Yeah. How right. did you if get you in join, there then? Bob knows everybody. Bob Azell. He's, he's he's just. Everyone loves Bob. Bob's, Bob's the like man. The mayor. He runs a. But it was just the most. And he had these books that like, not English. Not no one English word in the book, which was really cool. It's all in some Sanskrit or something like that. And he's reading it to me like, a, and we're driving home. And I'm thinking this is the coolest guy. His life, man. He lives in this is lounge and. And I'm thinking, wait a second. This dude, this dude is some mechanic from like the rocks or somewhere, you know, and just reinventing, man. There's no bath. This guy's calling his friends now. They believed I was a monk. <laughs> oh my God, it's killing me. I got to keep the accent up. But I'm getting $2,500 a month for crying out well, I want to hear more about LA because I love that whole Hollywood thing. It's a great place oh, yeah. to visit. And uh, we're going to take a real short break. It's Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Hyland. You're listening to Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Hyland. Looking forward to hopefully a, a long run of these podcasts on Odyssey. Download the free Odyssey app, and that's your access and window to a lot of great content. So talking to Jim, Sheila. And by the way, can I just real quickly interject and say thank you for pronouncing my name correctly? Most Pittsburghers call me Shilla. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah, Shilla. Shilla and that. Uh, that's how I call you. Shilla. Shilla. <laughs> hey, Shilla. So I, I appreciate Shilla. that. And they recognize Your enunciation you. is Shilla. amazing. <laughs> that's my job. <laughs> Welcome to Sheila Highland's I house. Shilla Highland. <laughs> yes, and by the way, we're podcasting from 23 and Vine on East Carson Street on the south side, which is blocks away from the estate of Jim Crenn. So when we last left you, Jim was in L.A., in Malibu. Notice how casually, Sheila, he just threw out, hanging out in Malibu with all these high-end people. But yes. the object was, the primary mission was to pitch a movie yes. called it, The Gaslight uh -huh. Cafe, which is Vince Rostari is the copywriter mm -hmm. he's the screenwriter he's an attorney by trade mm -hmm. and he's got these great ideas but he fell in love with the story in the 60s mm -hmm. in new york city they had in the village greenwich village mm -hmm. this place that was in an old coal cellar that became 
almost like a speakeasy where Bob Dylan got his start and so many others, Mamas and the Papas. It's a really cool vibe because it was the genesis in a very turbulent time when people think things are nuts now. If you go back and look at that time period, I mean, the Vietnam cool. War and all the things. Remember, duck and cover, nuclear war, mm-hmm. the Cold War. This is where this music running parallel to what Smokey was doing in Motown with everybody else. So it's a really great story. And you were there to pitch that with him yes. as part of the producer team. Yes. I want people to know that. This is producer, and it was promised, Sheila, that Jim would have perhaps a role in the film. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. I'll play a, a poet, John, John Brent. No, you already decided who it's no, going to be? No, they told me. Because I, yeah, I, I thought you were going to be the priest. Poet. I, I'm a priest now, Larry. <laughs> because of your altar That explains altar why you're wearing all black. <laughs> yes, exactly. His altar boy you know, I'm, days. I'm to be a, a, a poet, but it's a cool role, you know, for it. Can, can Larry cool. and I get in on the action? Can yeah, we just be, be stand-ins in the Doesn't background? Any, everybody want to be no, in the movies? Gotta, I want to be in the speakeasy. you got to have lines, of course. All right. Well, so, oh, no, I don't my, need a line. I just want to stand back there and wave. You could be in the arts room. Don't my poem. Oh, okay. I read a poem. So, okay. We made, so what we did, <laughs> Sheila, was Vince had asked Jimmy and I and, and Bob Bazzelli about how can we kind of take what he had and put it together so that it could be a viable project take the next step which right. is to pitch it in front of decision makers mm-hmm. in Hollywood yeah. so we created a sizzle reel uh, which I thought was really well done Marcus Morelli uh, Greensburg guy did the work mm-hmm. and how did that go over when Actually, those guys sizzle reel went well because in three pitches everyone commented on it being great really like not just overtly oh that's good like under like well that's great like that themselves almost so that's the ultimate compliment on because Larry was the narrator, uh, but it, yeah, they all loved the Cicero. They did very well. They did, did the job. Did the job. The, the entire experience was interesting. We we got in uh, the first night. We hit the ground running. We went to uh, Smokey Robinson, who's just the most genuine human being. There he goes, it's name dropping fun. again. Oh, that's a good I, name to drop. He's I drop the Larry's name yeah. all the time around Pittsburgh. But, uh, well, in Hollywood, <laughs> they know Larry. They do. <laughs> yeah, they do. Right. Yeah. In Shell Island. But well, the, the, I did co-write a film, but that's a story for that another a, podcast. That was actually amazing. Oh, when you could think be one it. for this podcast. When you hear the people he worked with, Smokey uh, is a Pittsburgh kind of guy. If you meet him, he's, there's no really, there's nobody more genuine uh, that you can meet. But anyway, we go to uh, the Greek theater, the famous Greek theater. He's performing there, sold out, 4,000 seats. The man's like 80 years old. He's like, like a 40-year-old or something. So we go backstage and... And he's just such a nice guy. I mean, you know, I've only met him a few times. And he's like, hey, baby, come here, Jimmy. Give me the hugs and that. You know, that's how he talks. That kind of guy, you know. And he walks out and does 90 minutes and just just kills, crushes us. I was watching, man. It's amazing. 90 minutes at 80 years old. It's When he's on stage, he, he does transform into this younger talent it's amazing his his voice was on he's doing the moves the crowd's going nuts i'm going four thousand people that to be that relevant at 80 years and i'm mesmerized by his eyes the eyes are cool man piercing beautiful eyes and and a lot of pittsburghers don't know he married a pittsburgh woman francis ironically she grew up on robinson street in oakland and they have a home here they have one in los angeles and one in las vegas so we recognized him 
KDK Radio that we have a Heroes Night, and a couple of years ago gave him the Lifetime Achievement Award, and Bob Bazzelli was so gracious in orchestrating that because people were like, how are you going to get Smokey Robinson? So talking to him on the air, I said, you have written, performed, or produced over 4,000 records. You're the co-founder of Motown yeah. with Barry Gordy. Mm-hmm. Can you pick one? And I knew it was, he goes, oh, Larry, that's an impossible question. He goes, but I can tell you my favorite album and song, and it's not mine. I was living around the corner from Marvin Gaye, and I went into Marvin Gaye's house, and he was sitting at the piano, and I said, what you working on, Marvin? And he said, smoke, it's not me writing this. It's, it's the Lord. Oh. And you know what song it was? What's going on? Isn't it cool? That song, uh-huh. and it was coincidental that it's 50 years old because it was written in 1971, mm-hmm. and Rolling Stone had picked that as the most important song in the last 50 years. So that was a pretty cool thing for him to say that his favorite song wasn't one of his own. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. And as an aside, Marvin Gaye was uh, Donny Iris's idol as well. That's right. Yeah. Donny only Stone. You know Donny Iris Donny, I know Donny. Yeah. Those two are like thick as Oh, I know they are. Yeah, Donnie's my guy, and we're yeah. I'm lucky that that because you know became close friends, and uh, it's funny because I slept out for tickets when I was IUP to see Donnie Irish. You know, we sleep out. (laughs) Some of you idolize a legend, and you become a close friend of his. He's the nicest nicest guy ever. No matter what, he's never in a bad mood. You know, it could be hey Donnie's world. The world's ending. <laughs> it's all right, man. <laughs> Have a cigar, relax. <laughs> That's right. That's another <laughs> He's going. thing to thank Jim for on my part is he introduced me to Donnie Iris. Of course, everybody in Pittsburgh and beyond knows who Donnie Iris is. So we become friends, and we decide that we're going to go to Italy with Bruno San Martino. They're going to put up a statue in his hometown, which is called Pizza Ferrat. It's in the top of the Apennine Mountains, about three and a half hours east of Rome. And I put together a trip. So we asked Pittsburghers who would want to go, this special opportunity, once in a lifetime. So I said to Jim and Donnie Iris, would you guys want to go? And Donnie, believe it or not, his real name is Dominic Garacci. Mm-hmm. He's Italian you know, American. Larry, Larry's like that. Larry's is the be- greatest friend. He, he has, if he has something great, he wants to share it. Seriously, he could, he, that's because I'm a middle you child. You can't do this, Jim. You got to come <laughs> and like, you know, he shares it. He's great. Time. We had, we had a blast though, man. We oh. did. We laughed the whole time, but still, it's really nice that town, to bring me in on that. But we could imagine Donnie Iris, Jimmy Crenn, Bruno San Martino. Just stop there. Did you record any of this? We did. Oh, we did. Yeah. And then, oh, and then okay. Bruno went home, so it was this great day. And remember when the crowd, when they put up the statue in the town, they had the Pizza Ferrato band. And it, it had to be every other person that lived there because there weren't that many people. And they had their red outfits on. It was the coolest thing. And there's nobody there by the statue. I'm panicking because we're documenting this for a documentary yeah and i'm like where are all the people well unbeknownst to me they were around the corner on the main street with bruno and he was being he's interviewed like, remember they were crushed he's like tom in. cruise or something in italy man it's people swarming they had the 60 we minutes from rome came well, and people sky tv well the coolest thing about him was larry and i get to get got to hang before he went home he was with us maybe 10 days or whatever but we would be in a bar hotel bar and larry and i'd be having a drink with him 
And Larry would remind me when he left, I said, Jimmy, this is the coolest thing. We're two guys who grew up in Pittsburgh. And sitting here, I said, you're right, man. We're listening to all these, you know, incredible stories. And one thing I noticed about him was he would, he almost got teary-eyed when he talked about the people. He's so sincere. You know, he goes, Jimmy, you know, there's the people that made me. You know, they really made me. Every, every, I owe everything to them. And, and that's how he felt his whole career. I think that's why he's so beloved by people. The fans. He shared. Uh, with and he gave everyone a moment. I, during that trip, I know that's what he shared. Like even his his glow in one little way. Like I saw him do it with Larry. Like little ways he would share with different people. And with me, it was a cool thing. He's Larry. I was videoing for a, a series I was doing on my fan page on Facebook, and uh, so he comes walking up to, the, to get to the statue thing. And he's getting in, and he stops in front of 2,000 people. And he looks at me, hey, Jimmy. He goes, oh. pretty cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, it was so incredible. It was like, but that was him sharing, just give me that, my moment. Yeah, but along, he gave everyone that moment, though, along the way. And that was just, he was like that. He shared it with the people he cared about. And the people that it helped him, he was genuinely, he genuinely appreciated it. And he was uh, 82, maybe 80 or something, at least 80 yeah. at the time. And, uh, but his whole life, he was like that. And I, and I thought about that when I was with him. I was like, that's why the guy, you know, he's massively talented. I mean, he really was a great athlete. Well, he but went from as far as like strength and being and a refugee, you know, basically a refugee really? from Italy. He was 13 years old, weighed 75 pounds, didn't Almost know the died language. A times, you know, from he had rheumatic fever. His mother saved their lives mm -hmm. multiple times by getting food from their own home with the Nazis in place. They had already killed a third of the men, women, and children. I mean, this is a heavy story. Yeah, not your normal yeah. And he told this story on my TV show 32 years ago. And I just knew him as a wrestler. And when he told that, I'm like, why doesn't anybody know the rest of the story? So it's only taken me 30 years. But, but we're going to give you the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah. And he was so gracious to these people in Italy and they loved him. If you would have brought Moses in a van to this town, Pizza Ferrari. Because he's genuine. It wouldn't have been yeah. bigger than yeah. Bruno's. He gets out, and this, this woman, she's four feet tall. She goes, Bruno Zamatino. She's rubbing his hand, and oh, my God, Bruno Zamatino. And I said, what did she say? Oh, uh, she said she named her oldest son after me, Bruno Samartino Americus, you know, Apollo. And, and the wow. thing is, he's soapy. He's bigger than life, and he sold out Madison Square Garden 187 times or something, but whatever it was. But, and he's a covers of magazine, one of the wealthiest men in the world at one point on Sports Illustrated's cover. But he chose to live in Pittsburgh. He's a Pittsburgh guy. And that's what I love about it. He was ours. Like, he, Bruno was Pittsburgh his entire life. You know, it's just, his ritual was Pittsburgh. Everything was about the Berg. I thought, because he could have lived anywhere he wanted that's, in the world, that's man. That's 100% true. But he was a true. Berg guy, and I think that's cool for us. Just they gave him. grew up here. A he chance. Kind of a special yep, treasure we had him. to the city. Mm -hmm. And what a guy to represent us. That, because that's yeah. what he represented. He's that genuine guy, hardworking and uh, humble. That's what we want to strive to be. So a footnote to that story is, so Bruno, after the excitement, and when we were in Rome, you know, the Carbonara and the Polizia, they have the machine guns. I love when Larry does, tries to talk like it's <laughs> Italian. Larry, you do that very well. Like, the Polizia. <laughs> the Polizia. <laughs> 
Music <laughs> Piazza. That is actually 100% you true. You drop right it's, in it's embarrassing. <laughs> no, I like it. But actually, it's, it's, I like it. Full disclosure, I went to Italy four times. I married so into So therefore, you're fluent. Well, no, you wait. Sort of, yeah. I'm what the Italians call a metagun, which is metagun. a non-Italian. Yeah, metagun. Like Doug Mariani. Like everybody knows metagun. the Marianis. Metagun. Doug with the Doug. food. He's got the food and the place, the pleasure bar for years, right? Bloomfield. <laughs> Pittsburgh's a little Italy. I love it. I want to fit right in when I walk you, down the street you, there. You do. So I marry an Italian-American girl, Marino. And <laughs> As they say in Pittsburgh. So yes. my father-in-law, my late father-in-law, Dan Marino Sr., says to me, we weren't even married yet. He said, hey, I have this event. I need you to do that thing you do. I said, what's that thing I do? He said, you know, where you talk to people. I <laughs> go, you mean like a MC? MC? He goes, that's it. I said, well, what's it for? He said, the National Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame. And I said, but cool. I'm not Italian. He said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. You are not. <laughs> so a couple years later, I kept doing it and have been doing it for, you know, 30-plus years. So he's long gone, and I'm still there so doing have this. They, have they figured and out I yet know, that you're not Italian? I know there's a bunch of Italians <laughs> out there going, hey, he's a Madagun. What's he doing here? So I figured one day I'm going to learn just enough. Good evening. Welcome to the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. And I wrote down a few paragraphs and I gave it to our original tour guide. His name was Paolo. This is where all the Paolo. women, every time he talked, he was highly educated, handsome, you know, and he had that, oh, yes, so Paolo. If so you, I said, Paolo. If you could, can speak the language, you don't have to be handsome, you know, well, just that's to a hear the good voice. good footnote. Once again, he's probably a mechanic in Millville. This is me being unfiltered. I got to play Paulo. So for Larry, Larry believes it. Paulo says, I'll be happy to read. So I recorded him in Italian reading this introduction. So the idea was I take it back, write it out phonetically, practice it, listen back to how he said it. So it would sound authentic but i really don't know what i'm saying did you think they would say oh he's from northern italy or something probably <laughs> now that you mentioned it so we got 500 italians in a room yeah. right first thing i think of is they're so loud and they're all talking about <laughs> this sauce ain't as good as my mom you know you can't have a banquet and serve italian food oh no to italians right say we all have our sauce the sauce the gravy know, the gravy's not healthy but they no. all make it differently. Nana's gravy, nothing like this. So they were all complaining about the, the food. And then I had to get up. And my job as an MC is to quiet people down to hear the people they really want to hear, right? So you take a lot of bullets. You know what I'm talking about. At first, nobody's you know, listening. Well. So here I go. I practiced this for weeks. Buonasera. Huh. Benvenuti nello Associazione Italian Americano di Sport. Sono i pane giù in Italia, a dividito che è stato bellissimo e un grande onore per me sera questa sera presentare questo premi. That's good. And oh. not one person heard it. Really? They were talking so loud oh. and I was so <laughs> bummed out. I'd have been out. crushed. I oh. Know. oh. That sounds really good. I there. wept like an infant when you I got sure? home. Oh. And what does that yeah. mean, by the way? What does it it, mean? It's a welcome. Welcome. Buonasera. Good oh, okay. evening. Uh -huh. Benvenuti. Well, you know. Okay. Maybe they're messing with All you. Right. He taught you, like, instead of that, he taught you, like, keep <laughs> like talking, scream, don't listen to me. Big fat Greek what? Maybe they just didn't like your accent. <laughs> speaking of, wait. But they, they didn't hear it. So I <laughs> the next year, I said, I'm gonna, I'm not letting this die. No, you're doing it again. Oh, I did it again. Same What I waited... Till right after the priest spoke, 
Always wake up. Because they once the prayer came, everybody got quiet. Right, Doug? Oh, better that was Doug Mariani. He knows. Grew up Catholic. That's right. That's how you get an Italian's attention. Then you got to get yeah. whatever you're going to get in. You got to get it in right after the priest talks. So we ended up doing that. But back to the trip for a second about Donnie Iris. This will come full circle to you know Donnie too. So Jimmy, Donnie, and I are in Florence. This is one of the great art cities on earth, right? Some of the masterpieces. We go to the museum where they have uh, Michelangelo crafted out of a solid block of marble, the David, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now the David, it's amazing. he's the guy with the slingshot that hit the giant, right? So he's standing there, but you, you're not allowed to take photographs. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. And absolutely. But we snuck one. Because I pointed. Oh, Larry. You took one and you weren't supposed to? Well, no. The package is out. Yes. You know, <laughs> Full exposure. point to the package. And this could be this a great is unfiltered. photo with me and Larry. And so we got. If I could just get it right. And I took a gamble on where it was. And sure enough, my finger right there. And it was Donnie, Iris, Jimmy Crenn, and myself. And he shared the picture. Got 100,000 likes. <laughs> Were, were those all perfect. females that liked the photo? I don't know. But Larry, <laughs> not Larry, all. Larry either lost his luggage. I don't know what it was, but he had to buy a T-shirt too the first day. I'll explain out. what it was. And he had that, and it was the same. It was like the same thing. Was, there's something you know, art. You could have the package out in art, and, that, and it was. <laughs> well, it was one. With, and Larry's wearing a shirt. With it. it was amazing. I was like Larry. We have one more a, Italy story to share. We're gonna uh, just take a quick pause for the cause. Uh, Odyssey, download the free app. It's our podcast, Larry Richard Unfiltered, with Jim Crenn. And we have Sheila Highland gracing Sheila Highland uh, here on the Odyssey app. 23rd and Vine, that's uh, our podcast location. East Carson Street, south side, Pittsburgh. It's a very iconic place near the Birmingham Bridge. Everybody knows if you're from Pittsburgh or visited Pittsburgh, about the South Side, it's got kind of the it's New Orleans. It's it's got a cool vibe. It's got a nice outdoor cafe vibe out and back, you know. So if you want to come out with your wife, girlfriend, just stop out. And it's, it's a tremendous wine bar, man. They got you know like like the cheese trays and all. It's a nice, cool, relaxing evening. Oh, it's cozy, comfy here. Right, yeah. So- and by the way, you two, again, you're not drinking any We're wine. We're at a wine bar, but I am after. drinking the Smokey Robinson Cabernet, and I have to tell you, it it's is good. fabulous. It's really good. Yeah, I'm not trying to do a commercial here, but it's really That's good. All right. I'm hey, just going to take a sip while you our, We could plug our friends. Well, the object is to keep it real. Plugging our friends, the Italy and sauce and gravy. Doug Mariani, he has his jarred sauce, you know. It's and I'm Italian, I'm Sicilian, and my mom, it is the best, like, you know how there's, of all the sauces you can buy in a soup, it's unbelievable. It blew me away how good it is. It really is. It's the best. I think it's had the regular, he has like nine different, all kind of different ones. I just had the standard, whatever, right? That like was just, just authentic. Authentic. It, what's, mm-hmm. What is it called again? Uh, Pittsburgh Pasta Sauce. Pittsburgh Pasta Sauce. If you see it out sauce. there, Pittsburgh Pasta Sauce. Pleasure Bar. I will, it was at the Pleasure Bar for, for, yeah, yeah, they had it at the Pleasure ah, okay. Bar when they... Same sauce as the Pleasure Bar, but I'll tell you what, if you're listening, get it, I'll state my reputation, my food, foodie reputation on the sauce well, as far as the, right, as far as the jar sauce, I'll, I'll put up against any of them. The Pleasure Bar it's was well-known, it still is, for people came from out of town, sports figures would come, 
uh, artists, singers. Oh yeah, man, pleasure artists. Movie Pittsburgh, people, you know, iconic actors like you, Jim. <laughs> Actor. Now, who are you going to be? Producers, in producers comedians. Yes, we got to. You got to say it all in one. You know, actor, <laughs> producer. And wait, comedian, were we talking about Malibu writer, and Hollywood a while ago? Mine? We, what? Yeah, and we were talking about Malibu and Hollywood earlier, and oh. somehow we ended up in Italy. I and well, can I tell? No, I don't think he ever finished telling us well, the podcasting. You can start in Malibu and in Italy. Uh, I know. Isn't well, that we could travel well, anywhere on the podcast. Unfiltered. It's unfiltered. Larry All right. unfiltered. Man. One more Italy story I, I promised it. you because Italy's here we funny. are in a famous place. It's, it's where the Steeler Bar is, right around the corner, and it's called Piazza Navona, and it's right off of the Vatican in Rome. Oh. And... Anyone that's been to the Steelers bar there, uh, Giovanni Bocelli, and it's, uh, I'm not exaggerating, 104 degrees. That's, well, that's what's cool about Pittsburgh. Though. Midday. Think about the Steelers oh. in that following in Pittsburgh. You never hear somebody go, hey, let's go, we went to the Browns bar or something. No, Steeler bar. They're everywhere, all over the world. And we could, and what, in Rome, there's a Steeler bar. And we went in there, and they had Donny Iris music playing with Donnie with us. Are you serious? Yes. Because, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't know he was, it just happened to have Ali as we walk in. It was amazing. <laughs> he didn't know. We kind of had it arranged. moments. Like, wow, man. But I wanted to tell him the story about you. This man, Jim Crenn, helping the homeless <laughs> in Italy. It so, hot. so it's 104 degrees. That's oh. the actual temperature. It's midday. We're out by the fountain. And Jim buys himself this delicious-looking iced I still dream about it. A slushy. It. It was a great like slushy. an Italian slushy. It was a great slushy. Tell them what happened. It was amazing. The slushy was just unreal. And it was like beautiful. It was like red and juicy and like a big... Ju- and it was 104 in my throat. And, and this homeless guy walks up. And uh, I didn't know Larry. <laughs> Larry's watching this. I had no idea. And, uh, and he's looking at me. And the guy... I thought I was going to get money out of my pocket. He didn't want money. He pointed. He wanted a drink. He went... <laughs> And I paused for like 30 seconds. <laughs> I might have to walk on this one here. <laughs> it was a moral dilemma. It was a more. I took the two sips. <laughs> it like, was really good. And he pointed again in his mouth. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I thought, ah, looking around, you know. There's churches everywhere. <laughs> Some Catholic guilt, whatever. There was. Crosses. So holy <laughs> statues. So all the pain. I just handed it to him like this. My eyes like this. <laughs> Larry's watching this whole thing. I'm like, oh my god, you saw. You know, it was a test, and you passed with flying colors. The Pope might have been watching too, so you did the right thing. Ah, that's true. Could have been. It was just, man, we were laughing so hard, man. I said, Larry, I'm sorry. I you saw me pause. It was a tough one. That was a real test. You you seem to run into these encounters no matter what country you're in with people, like the guy with the soccer ball on his head. Oh yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? I'm a magnet for crazy. In, in so in yeah, LA, where did you guys stay when you were in Los Angeles in Hollywood? This cool resort this that Bob knew. You know, Bob knows everything. But we ran into people that were just—it's so unique out there, man. Everyone has their credit, no matter how. This lady was ninety years old. God bless her. Really cool, and she's like, you know, but they shake her hand and give you like a credit. I'm not kidding. This lady goes, "I slept with Elvis." That was I'm like, really? <laughs> in the intro. That's amazing. And you knew she was telling the truth. I do. I believed her. Yeah. I said that is great. You know. <laughs> Yeah, she dated him, went through, and uh, she just kind of hung out with us. And she was, she did. She started hanging out with us for the, through the night. She hung she out followed you the around. The nine year was with all of us in the crew. She's go. I gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go with Jim Morrison. Used to get high. 
I'm like, what? Have <laughs> they never been there? No. You guys got to. She's taking us on a tour. This lady wouldn't tell me about Elvis. I picked out his leather outfit in 1960. I'm like, really? It's true, though. Out there, great. everybody's so got a story. Next thing you know, in this bar that Jim Morrison was in, she was right. There's photos of America. He used to, we, Jimmy and I used to do peyote on that bar, right? What? It's, like, she was ama- it's amazing. Now, you I ate at Dantana's. The history of, it's yeah, still there. We ate there because of you. We didn't know where you go last night. We're like, Larry's favorite restaurant's uh, Dantana's. It's on Santa Monica <laughs> so Boulevard. like, all right, let's go. It's one of the only restaurants that's actually named after a show, not the other way around, where they got the name of a show from a place. Yeah. yeah. They named this place. Remember the character it's Dantana? Cool. Yes. Who played him? Robert Urich. Yeah, I think it was. Good memory. Good memory, Rob, I was going to say. Yeah, Robert Urich. Do you remember who Robert Urich? He I played do. Rocky and Robert And you know what? I think Jimmy detective. actually has some resemblance to Robert Urich. Oh, cool. Just, I just a little love bit Thank of a you, I resemblance. Love you do have a Urich. You know, you like, have that Hollywood look about you. Thank you. Robert yes. Urich. You know, Robert Urich played Rocky Blair, I think, in the yes. Rocky Blair movies, right? That's correct. In That's, the original. It, which is cool, right? It was amazing. In the original film. Fighting, fighting back. back, right? Oh, that is a good talk memory. about a great story. My God, we're gonna have rock. rock. We gotta have Rocky on this podcast at some point guy. in the future. Absolutely, yeah. How about we have the coolest jobs because you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, like us, and getting to meet like Rocky Blair and you know Frank or whoever. All these people we watch as kids, Steve Blass. I mean, they don't. They think it's nothing. You know, like guys like Blass and stuff are so humble. They don't. They're like, ah, it's nothing. But he doesn't realize, you know, I was 12 years old and this guy pitched a four hitter in game seven of a World Series that my whole life was, you know, when you're 12, the whole life is revolves Pirates around have that. To win. You know, mm-hmm. I could have traumatized if he lose. And he pitches a four hitter in a game seven. The fate of that is just mind boggling. People don't know or remember it. A four hitter in game seven. It, 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 but anyway, he's kind he, of a big guy, deal. And he's a guy who, like, you, you could not see him for a long time. And you run in and it's like, you saw him yesterday. Hey, what are you doing? Let's get a cigar. Bro. Well, that's a like great that question that's for Sheila. Who are some of the most famous people you've interviewed? Oh, yeah. You, you've had a few. Not as famous as what you guys have no, come, come across. Not and by true. the way, I am not a native Pittsburgher. Although I have lived here, I don't even want to say how many years because I'll... Age myself. You're not a I've native. Been here, I've been here a long time. But you're a Yenzer now. <laughs> I'm a Yenzer. Mike Lang said, we yeah, claim you as I've been own. adopted. Well, you're way over the lip. Like Mike Lang would say, after, if, you're, if you live here for five years or more, you're officially a Pittsburgh, he used to say. So I would say. Oh, if I'm one. So I'm, if that's true, I'm official. official. Pittsburgh, so over 10 years, you're really a yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm official. And actually, so I was born are. in L.A. My mom grew up oh, in Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. That's yes. In fact, Natalie Wood once accused my mom of stealing her ball. That is cool. Yeah. What stealing? Her, what? Stealing ball? her ball. Yes. They were out playing, Natalie and Wood? and uh, Natalie Wood. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're playing ball. There, well, yeah. And uh, yeah. My, was your mother an actress? My mom was not an actress. No, she just, just happened kid. to live there. My grandfather actually ran a cleaning business in Hollywood, and Marilyn Monroe was one of his customers. No. Yes. He cleaned Marilyn Monroe's dress. Let me tell you. Let let me tell you what. This is this is a story in our family. So my grandfather Jim was doing a home delivery to Marilyn to hand deliver her dress or dresses. My God. Gets to the door, knocks on it. Yeah. I don't know if Marilyn Monroe opened it or not, but somebody opened the door, and Marilyn Monroe was there in the nude. No. In the nude. 
Yes, my grandfather saw that. Your grandfather. Yeah. So what you're saying? I, I've known you all these years. It's like the greatest story ever. You that's what Sheila. Podcast. That's when Sheila's ninety. She's gonna say, "My grandfather my saw grandfather. Marilyn Monroe naked." <laughs> no, that is amazing. But I didn't an hear story. what he thought about seeing her naked because, unfortunately, he passed away before I was old enough to hear that story firsthand. What a cool thing! But yeah. So they yeah. lived that life and that whole. And how did you yes. get to Pittsburgh? It's a, well, it's a long story. Well, you I, I told you about. The, to I was going to say you heard the the cornfield story, but no, I actually it grew up in Portland, Oregon, and I went to school at the University of Nebraska. And that's you know actually that's for another podcast. That's a whole other long story. Um, and then I was in the Midwest for a while, and then I came to Pittsburgh um, mm. for the job to work at WTAE TV. So, I worked and, at WTAE. And I know you, you were in the radio. Yeah. I was on, on the radio, radio side. I was on the TV arrived. side. Right. Yes. The first day at WTAE, you know who opened the door for me? Swear to God, day one. This is Paul Long. <laughs> the old anchorman, Paul. Yeah. He opens the door. He had a brown suit on with stains on his tie and shirt. And he says, step into the house, young man. And then when I got inside, Irene. You remember Irene? The I do remember Irene. If she didn't yeah. like you, you knew you, about yeah. it. Well, the interesting thing about, about Pittsburgh, you know, maybe because we live here, we don't think about it. But, you know, you guys storied careers in the latter of 20 years should be celebrated uh, because in, in you went well over 20, right, with your yeah. career. Mm -hmm. There are 250 radio and TV markets in the United States. Pittsburgh's in the top 25. Think about that. That's amazing to get to the top 25 and survive that long in a moment. When a ruthless, believe me, it's a ruthless, you know, I don't have to tell people now. That's like oh, their corporate business, Ruth, could be ruthless. But to survive that long is pretty lucky, amazing talent. It's your yeah. talent, really, and tenacity and, you know, will and all the stuff you have. But it, it's the top 25 markets. It's pretty cool. You look yeah. back at it. So, in fact, you know. when I came here, it was it just dropped from the 12th to the 14th market. Mm -hmm. I think actually now we're maybe 26. I think 26. No, we're not giving it up. But no, no, we're not, we're not giving, giving no, it up. No. We're in the 25. But imagine, I was so <laughs> intimidated, though, when I walked into the newsroom for right. the first time. And I saw Paul Long and Joe DiNardo right. and Sally Wigan and Don Cannon and Myron Cope. And here I was, this little fresh-faced 25-year-old going, whoa, I'm in well, where, way over my was, head. What market was Nebraska? When you, uh, Kearney, Nebraska was 101, so you I from believe. you 101 to No, no, no. I went 25? to Oklahoma City in, in the meantime, and that was probably 42 or 36 at the time. Okay. Yeah. So people, that's what you do. Right? Yeah, yeah. You've you got to start small and work your you way up. You make all your mistakes. Well, no, I shouldn't. I've made a lot of mistakes, but you make most of your mistakes in the small market. And then, you know, you progress, if you advance. Is, you know, younger, you're thinking, how do you become a broadcaster or a television person? Now, like, that's what you do. You go to, you go to college or, you, or get, somehow get in a small market. Yeah. And, and radio, you're 150, 200, and then you work with numbers. But yeah, and you read the farm markets. You, that's how you work you your way up. to meet a lot of yeah. interesting people, some famous, some not so famous, but some a lot of amazing and interesting people. Mm -hmm. And I've been at KDK radio and TV for 33 years, 20 in the morning, and then I was with WTAE for six yeah. before that. But my radio professional career started playing country music at Y108. Wow. When it was in the Fulton Building, which is now the Renaissance right. in Pittsburgh. We have a storied history of radio here. In oh, and I remember I just got out of college, and I walked across the Clemente Bridge and the wind was whipping in February down the river when they were still making vinegar up at Heinz. And it was stinging my nose. I was cold. And the first song I played was Larry Gatlin, I've Done Enough Dying Today. And I thought, 
I've got to move to Florida. <laughs> so I did. So you went to West Palm Beach. There you go. And then ended up coming back uh, to Pittsburgh. So we've got a lot of, in your historic career, I Jim Crenn. I was lucky. I did stand up and uh, was on the road, danger fields in New York, and, and uh, came back home just to, you know, hang and ended up on uh, DV for 25 years. Went on as a guest and never left. And so, uh, I think we'll cool. have an opportunity to share some of our friends and mm-hmm. get, get some insight into them that people haven't had an opportunity. Because everything's in sound bites and short clips, as right. you know, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, well, actually, I, I remember being in TV and most news stories were, what, a minute and ten long? That's why we can, love podcasts. How can you give both sides of the story in a minute and ten? But that's, we that, did. That's why we like podcasts. I know. You don't this have is, any this time. Is, this is great. And it's available free on the Odyssey app. It's a great resource for all kind of tremendous entertainment. So we hope this will be part of your list. Larry Richard, unfiltered with Jim Crenn. Thank you, Sheila Highland, for being with us. We want to thank our producer, Dick Robertson. We want to thank Mark Anderson. Yeah, I mean, it just flew by. Oh, and congrats on 20 years, too. We didn't even get to say congratulations. That's okay. Thank you. Yahoo! Thank you. 20 years of morning. 12 years old. <laughs> he used to listen to me for closings and delays. I did. Larry, yeah, right. Larry took me to see my first Star Wars film when I was little. And we also want to thank our executive vice president and general manager, Mike Spacipoli, for Michael has been, uh, you know, a big, a big proponent of doing this. It's taken a while because of COVID, but we're excited to have this opportunity. And we want to thank Bob Azzelli, Luke Caputo, and Ray St- Stickler, right? Yeah, Stickler. Stickler. He's a stickler for details. Is that right? Ray, is it Stickler? I don't know the spelling. I don't. Anyway, is Larry, anybody up there? <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Hello? Security number. You want to? And we want to thank Pittsburgh. them. Let's go, Ray. Well, they allowed us to do this at uh, 23rd and Vine <laughs> on East Carson <laughs> Street, in the south side of the city of Pittsburgh, and we'll look forward to bringing you some entertainment in the future. Thanks, the guys. Best, Larry. Thank you. Love, Larry. You're the greatest. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.